0: you have questions about diabetes and mental health, I have some answers for you. On this episode of the podcast, I am answering some of your questions in an audio advice column. And all of these questions today are really good. I'm answering questions about taking a pump break for your mental health, how to accept diabetes into your life, as well as how to deal with an endocrinologist who's not very nice. And I'm also answering a question that I've gotten from a listener about the biggest mental health challenges that I've had in my life around diabetes, and I've had a few. I hope you enjoyed this episode and get some of the advice you've been looking for. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type one diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, And most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. On this episode, I'm doing another audio advice column. I love hearing from my listeners, and you guys are sending me questions all the time asking me how to deal with certain situations in your life with diabetes. And some of these questions are good. and I want to make sure I share my answers with everybody. And so I'm dedicating this episode to answer some of those questions for you on the podcast. If you have questions that you want me to answer on a future podcast, please feel free to send them on to me. You can email me at psychologist.com, DM me on Instagram, at the diabetes psychologist, or feel free to tag me in an Instagram story, at the diabetes psychologist. You may hear your question on a future episode. So without further ado, let's get to it. This question is about pump breaks. It says, I'm sick and tired of wearing my pump. It's always getting in my way and always alarming. Is it okay if I take a break? And if so, what is the best way to do this for my mental health? First of all, thank you so much for asking this question. I think it's really important for us to be talking about diabetes technology and the downsides to it. And while pump technology is amazing, there are definitely some downsides. And so my answer to taking a pump break is, of course, please take a pump break, especially if you're doing it for the right reasons and in the right way. I'm always going to encourage you to talk to your doctor or your diabetes educator to get some guidance on the safest way to take a pump break for you. But in general, I think that pump breaks are really helpful and are also really important for your mental health for a couple of different reasons. And I want to talk about two of those reasons right now. The first reason is exactly what this listener was asking about. You know, we know that pumps can be annoying. You know, that the tubing and the alarms and the occlusions, and sometimes it can become overwhelming. And so taking a short break from your pump and getting some distance from it can really help you to, one, appreciate it and how much it helps your blood sugars, even if it's a pain sometimes. But also, it can give you some time to relax away from the pump and then come back to it when you're ready and you're better able to deal with the stress that comes along with wearing a pump sometimes. But I also think there's a bigger reason why taking a pump break is so helpful. And that is a recognition and knowledge that you have flexibility in how you manage your diabetes. One of the things that I hear about from patients all the time is how they feel trapped by diabetes and how once they're doing something with their diabetes that's working, they can never stop that or it's really hard to stop it because they don't want to rock the boat. So they may feel like they have a handle on their blood sugars, but at the same time, they feel like they don't have control over how they manage their diabetes and what tools they use. The reality is, is that no piece of technology or no tool traps you. And taking a pump break is a way of showing yourself that you are flexible in how you manage your diabetes, that you're able to do it with a pump, that you're able to do it with MDI. And the same thing goes for CGM, that you're able to manage your diabetes using your CGM and your closed-loop system if you have one, and you're also able to manage diabetes using finger sticks. It actually really doesn't matter to me which one you choose, or which ones you choose. That's up to you. But what matters to me is that you have the ability to choose, and that you feel like you're capable of managing diabetes in whatever way you can. There may be some times when wearing a pump isn't convenient, maybe you wanna go on vacation. Maybe you're wearing an outfit and you have no place to put it. There are lots of reasons why wearing a pump isn't always the most convenient option. And so having the ability to take a break and to go on MDI for a couple days is really helpful and can make you feel a lot more in control and flexible in your own life. Just because you get a pump doesn't mean you're married to it. And you have the ability to change how you manage your diabetes whenever you want to. And if you want to go one week on a pump and one week off a pump, that's totally fine and actually very healthy. You also want to make sure you're taking a pump break for all of the right reasons. And I think some right reasons are you need a break for your own mental health. Or you're going on vacation, you want some flexibility in what you're wearing and not having to worry about having a pump in the water and things like that. But at the same time, there are some reasons why you may want to take a pump break that are not as healthy. You want to keep an eye out for those as well so you can be aware of what's going on for you. One reason that you may want to take a pump break is because you're trying to run away from diabetes and ignore it. And ignoring diabetes is never a good option for your blood sugars or for your mental health. Of course, for your blood sugars, when you ignore diabetes, your blood sugars go high and you feel awful. But for your mental health, when you ignore diabetes, you're not able to show yourself that you can handle it. And you, you get yourself in the cycle of diabetes is hard and I don't wanna deal with it. And so your go-to strategy is always to push it away. Wanting to take a pump break can be a symptom of that. You're taking a break because you're self-conscious about your diabetes and your insulin pump and what that means about you, then taking a pump break is just kicking the can down the road of that issue. Feeling self-conscious about your diabetes and your insulin pump is not uncommon at all, but that's usually a sign of a deeper issue. And taking a pump break as a way to put a bandit on that issue is not usually all that helpful, especially in the long term. So the bottom line of this answer is yes, taking a pump break is a very healthy thing as long as you're doing it for the right reasons. This person asks, how can I accept diabetes? I was diagnosed about four months ago, and I'm really having a hard time accepting the fact that this is going to be my reality for the rest of my life. First of all, let me say that I'm really sorry to hear you're struggling. But I also want to welcome you to this community that I know you don't want to be a part of, but I promise you that if you are part of it and dive in, it will be fulfilling and you'll be able to get the support that you need. And the first thing I wanna say is give yourself some time. Four months is not a long time to have had diabetes. Right now, it's so new to you and probably so overwhelming. Acceptance of diabetes may be too big of a goal for you right now, four months in. But trust me, with some work and some time, it will get easier. A lot of people who are diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, especially as adults, go through the five stages of grief that people go through after losing a loved one or something else traumatic happened in their life. And briefly, those stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then finally acceptance. It takes some time and sometimes a rough road to get to the point of acceptance. But I wanna give you a couple of tips that you can use to help facilitate accepting diabetes. The first thing is, again, give yourself a little time. It is a process and generally, people come to acceptance naturally. But if you're having trouble, I want you to ask yourself this question. What is my other option? What would it look like if I did not accept diabetes? And is that something that I'm willing to do? What we see is when people don't accept diabetes, They end up fighting with it and they try to push it away and they do everything they can not to accept it. They are actively trying to reject diabetes. But we also know that doesn't work. You have a medical condition where your pancreas is not producing insulin. There's no cure, nothing that we can do to make your pancreas produce insulin. And so you're gonna be living with this condition whether you like it or not. But acceptance is mental, not physical. And so coming to a place where you can accept it means putting your guard down, taking your boxing gloves off. My guess is that recently, especially if you're in the anger or bargaining phase, you've been trying to fight with diabetes and try to get rid of it and try to push it away. And all that's doing is making it more in your face. What would happen if you were able to put your guard down Literally, put your arms down and relax your shoulders and say to yourself, I have diabetes. I don't like it, but I do, and there's nothing that I can do about it. If you're able to do that, that will take the tension out of your body and help you to internalize the fact that yes, this sucks, but yes, I can accept it. Acceptance doesn't mean liking diabetes. It doesn't mean wanting to have it. It means letting it be there without fighting it and without letting it take up more headspace than it deserves. This will also come for you with practice. Practice managing diabetes, practice dealing with some of the emotions that come along. And once you know what to expect and you feel more comfortable managing your blood sugars, dealing with the unexpected things that happen with blood sugars, as well as the unexpected things that happen with your emotions, it'll be a lot easier to stop fighting because you'll feel a lot steadier on your feet. And when you feel steady in your feet and you feel confident in your ability to manage diabetes, accepting it becomes a whole lot easier. The last thing I want to tell you is get support and learn from other people in the community. At the beginning of my answer to you, I said, welcome to this community that you didn't want to join, but we're here for you and we're here to support you. When you see other people who've accepted diabetes and who are living well with it, you can model your behavior off of theirs and learn from them about what they've done to accept diabetes and how they are living life to the fullest, even with diabetes with them. That can help to give you hope, but also help you learn from other people about what they've done that's worked for them to help them come to this place of acceptance. We are here to support you, and I'm here to support you, and I hope that this podcasting can support you as you adjust to life with diabetes, and as you work towards accepting it. And I promise you, the acceptance is possible if you're willing to put in the work and let down your guard. This question comes from a listener who says, my endocrinologist is mean. How do I tell him that I am feeling burnt out? Wow, Uh, first of all, let me just say I'm so sorry to hear that you're having trouble with your endocrinologist. No one deserves to have an endocrinologist who's mean or who's not supportive of them. And my first reaction when I hear this question is, you need to find a new endocrinologist. Always remember that you are the captain of your own healthcare team, and you are the most important person on your diabetes care team. And so if your healthcare team is not supportive of you, then you have every right to find a team that is. I've heard so many stories, and I've experienced this myself, of endocrinologists who have no bedside manner. They are very numbers focused, and they see diabetes as being a set of rules that you have to follow. And they figure that if your blood sugars aren't in range, that you must be doing something wrong, that you need to do something different in order to improve your diabetes management. And what they fail to see is that diabetes is so complicated and there's so much going on, and that you really need their support in helping you to manage your diabetes well. That means both the support with managing your blood sugars, but also the emotional support and being able to really see the barriers that get in the way of you managing your blood sugars and of you living a full life with diabetes. So after saying that, let me get off of my soapbox and give you some real practical advice about how to talk to your endocrinologist. I know that so many of us go to our endo, and we have a lot of things we want to talk about, and in the appointment, there's just not the time to do that. We get sidetracked, and they're busy, and all of a sudden, they're gone, and before you know it, the nurse comes back in, gives you your paperwork, and you're out of there. So the advice I always give you is go into your appointment with an agenda, and make sure That when you go into the appointment, that you let the endo know from the very beginning of the appointment that you have these things you need to talk about. And make sure before they leave that you have checked all of those things off of your list. And mental health aspects should always be one of those things you want to talk about. Even if you're just going to say, I'm doing really well. I'm in a good mental space. I also know that people with diabetes sometimes are not in great mental spaces, and it's really important and really helpful for your endo to know this. They are not trained to ask about this sort of thing. And so sometimes the only way it's going to come up and the only way they're going to be aware of it is if you tell them. I've had patients who have had a lot of success with actually writing down an agenda And when their endo walks in the office, handing it to them. And so the endocrinologist knows exactly what the person wants to talk about, including mental health issues. Writing down your agenda also helps you be very clear about what it is you want to say. I know that when we're in a rush situation, especially with the doctor, sometimes we get frazzled. And we're not really sure what to say or how to say it. And we want to make sure that we get our point across in a very clear, concise way. So they have the information that they need to be able to help you. I know that sometimes doctors get put on a pedestal and we feel like they're the authority figure. Trust me, I know a lot of doctors and that's just not the case. They are just like you and me. They have more knowledge about endocrinology than you do. But other than that, they are just like you. So keep that in mind, and keep in mind that when you tell them what you're feeling, just like you may be feeling kind of helpless, they may feel helpless too. I will tell you that I feel that way sometimes when talking to patients, and that's good information for me because it helps me to understand and really feel what the patient is feeling. But you need to help them understand exactly what it is that you're experiencing and give them some really concrete examples of how it's impacting your life. You can, so for example, if you're feeling burnt out, you could say something like, when I feel burnt out, my motivation to manage my diabetes just goes away. And I feel like I just cannot move forward. That gives them an idea about how your burnout is really making it difficult to manage your diabetes. If you don't make sure it's on the agenda and you don't write down what you wanna say, it may be hard to be that clear and concise when you're in the room with them. So write it down. I've also known people who have sent their doctor an email before they go in, so the doctor has a chance to know what to expect and isn't caught off guard with what the person tells them. But to sum up the answer to your question, the two big pieces of advice are, one, make sure that your endocrinologist is someone that you're comfortable with. If you're not comfortable with them, it's probably time to find a new endocrinologist. Hopefully, when you go to your doctor and tell them you're having trouble with burnout and you're really struggling emotionally, they'll sit with you and they'll talk to you and they'll try to understand what you're feeling and how that can help you. And if you don't get that response, then that's a good signal to you that this doctor is not the right fit for you. But also, you have some responsibility here as well in terms of letting them know that you have a challenge that you want to talk about and describing that challenge in a really clear and concise way. And the best way to do that is to prepare yourself to write things down, to make sure you have the words that you want to use, and even some examples so they get the full picture of what's happening for you. Your diabetes care needs to revolve around you and your life and what you need to be happy and healthy, both emotionally and physically. And keep that in mind when you go to your doctor. That mindset can empower you to let them know what your challenges are and what you need from them to help you manage your blood sugars and also live well with diabetes. Cause isn't that the goal? This question isn't asking for advice, but it's asking for my experience. And I wanna share my experience with you. So this person asks, have you ever had any dark times in your life with diabetes and how are you doing now? And I'll start with how I'm doing right now. Right now with my diabetes, I'm actually doing really well. I've figured out how to dial things in and keep my blood sugars in pretty decent control. And mentally, I'm, I'm doing pretty well, too. Uh, my life and my work is around diabetes. And so oftentimes when I go home, I take a break from it. Not my diabetes management, but thinking about diabetes all the time. Because with the podcast, and I'm seeing patients and speaking my life. It can become consumed with diabetes. But I can remember a time about 10 years ago that was tough for me. And the reason it was tough is because over the course of a couple of years, I had three or four really scary low blood sugars. And I remember coming out of those low blood sugars terrified and just feeling completely out of control. A couple of instances really strike me as being the the scariest for me. The first, ironically, was the day that I defended my dissertation on diabetes and I had a party at my apartment. And what happened was I bulled for the food I thought I was gonna eat. And because I was having a party and hanging out with my friends, I did not eat as much as I thought I would. And later that night, I had a really bad low blood sugar and the paramedics had to come. And I woke up out of that kind of in a daze and just like, what what's happening here? For a while after that, I was really nervous about low blood sugars, especially at night. Another time was probably even scarier. I remember I had had a friend over for dinner, and he went home and I went to bed and I had a meeting the next morning, I think at nine o'clock and I woke up at four p m and I realized that I was out of it for almost eighteen hours, and that was terrifying. That day is completely lost to me. I feel very lucky that nothing worse happened, but after that, wow. I didn't tell anybody for a long time about what happened because I was so embarrassed and I was so ashamed. And certainly, I'm sure I made a mistake with how much insulin I took. I'm not even sure what happened, but I'm certain that obviously there was an insulin miscalculation involved. But wow, that really struck me and really kind of opened my eyes to how scary diabetes is and how hard it is. So as I talked to you about the struggles of diabetes and the challenges of diabetes, I may not be there with you right now, but I have definitely been there with you in the past. And I hope that both my personal experience and my professional experience can give you the hope that you need, that things can get better, and that diabetes is tough, but that you can handle it. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I really hope this episode was helpful for you and you got some good advice. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do me a favor and go on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review. That really helps me get the word out about this podcast so other people with type 1 diabetes can get the advice that they need. One of my favorite things is when I get an email or a DM from one of my listeners. So please send me an email or DM and let me know how you're doing, what's going on in your life with diabetes, and what advice you need. You may even hear your question on a future episode of the podcast. To get in touch... You can email me at mark@thediabetespsychologist.com at or DM me on Instagram at the diabetes psychologist. And be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the podcast. Remember, type 1 diabetes isn't easy, but you can have an easier time with it. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast.